Welcome to the Building Blocks Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Bledsoe, and today I am privileged to be joined by the incoming CEO of InChain Holding Corp., Mr. Yes. Kristen Auger Hansen. Kristen, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you've been doing lately, and then we'll launch into the questions I know everybody wants to know about. Yeah, so what should I say? I mean, I'm in, I love technology. Technology being my passion my whole life. And I was one of these early internet pioneers when we were in web one and trip to the world with internet. And I believe that we are now into web three and we're going to disrupt again. And there's so many exciting things that will change the thing that companies works. And I like to be part of that. Great. So you are now coming from wider financial and crypto ecosphere and taking a pretty prominent role in Bitcoin. And I'm really interested to know, like, how did you arrive there? And one of the things that I think it will be really interesting to get into, you were famously part of some undercover video that started alerting the general public to how deep the rabbit hole goes which we're yeah. seeing further exposed with the recent events with FTX and Sam yeah. Bankman-Fried and some of those folks. And so I'm just curious if in telling the story, you can highlight how did that change things for you and how did that help you end up? Yeah, actually, I met Craig much after this happened. I met him for the first time the 15th of June this year. This happened in the beginning of January or not the beginning, around end of January journey into the blockchain space, I've always been curious about it. I never, I've always been against the crypto industry and I divide it into two parts. It's, it is the crypto industry and it's the blockchain industry, web free. I think people are mixing that. The general public believe it's the same thing, which is not. I believe that when it comes to crypto, we are going to a situation where we were in 2001. The yeah. perception of the market, just like everything crashing and then out of there, let's see what's going to happen. I don't believe for a second in what we BTC or Ethereum or Ethereum is like a platform, but it doesn't scale the same way. I don't believe in this traditional cryptocurrency. And the way I look at the market is that we have a market of approximately close to $1 trillion. I think today it was 0 0.823 billion or uh, $823 billion and close to a trillion dollar. The whole industry is divided into 22,000 different assets. And out of there, you have smart contract platforms. And I've always been curious about the smart contract platform, the layer one, the, I've been researching that area. And I started actually, I looked at it for a while and I thought it was too early because everything is about timing. I think this timing is perfect. A blockchain year is three months. So perception is like in the smart contract world and understanding that blue chip companies has, we are very much fast tracking. So I would say the next four years, it went from 93 to 2000, it will happen in one and a half year. And then suddenly you are going to be and have to deal with this. And we see an enormous movement among McKinsey, Bain, Boston Consulting Group, that they're building up huge teams of web-free expertise because they know that this is going to change the way company works. And I find that fascinating because 
if you're going to be relevant in the future, you need to be transparent. You need to be follow the, the supply chains. You need to have all, every single asset in the world going to be tokenized. And there's 1,600 billion, trillion asset out there, which is like massive. That's all the asset in the world. $40 trillion is a current account. The rest is a pen, a watch. All of those things will be tokenized in the future, in my world. And I find that fascinating. And that is like a new, a complete new industry. It's relevant for blue chip companies. It's relevant in the B2B business and it's relevant in the B2C business. And so I studied a lot of these platforms. I started with Avalanche. I looked at Ethereum. I looked at Avalanche. And within the Avalanche, we discovered some other things, which then ended up with this Kyle Roche situation and the law firm that was used to spy on different type of competitors. And then I ended up looking at Algorand. And during that journey, I actually met Dr. Craig Wright. And I was at Ascot for um, horse race. And uh, it was like Amex event. And I was there and next to me was sitting this man. And we started talking about cross skill set and how important that is to be able to see new pattern and pattern recognition and understand the world differently. And it was amazing. And I, we talked for four hours. And then suddenly he says, I'm Satoshi. I'm, I, he actually didn't say that. He said, I'm the inventor of Bitcoin. We never used the word Bitcoin, it's B2C, but the real Bitcoin. And then he explained he was at Satoshi and Kotar then recognized him. And also seen him connected to my this situation with Avalanche. I saw this picture of him uh, that was handed over by Gunamir, who is the leader of Avalanche, to this law firm when they were active in a case against him. So I knew this. Suddenly, well, and I was just, we continued talking for another two hours. I didn't mention anything about that thing. And I was super curious. I was super, I, I thought he was an amazing man. And so I invited him for another session and we had another six hours. And then we had another six hours and amazing man. I decided to research that area. At the same time, I researched the area over, over and all the stuff the difference between proof of work, proof of stake, all those things. And it took me through a journey ending up as a BSV fan. Uh, and I just know that I never ever met more interesting, fascinating and intelligent people than in this space. I, I finally found like I found my tribe when I finally settled into the BSV community. And my pathway is a little bit more winding through the history of Bitcoin because I, pro I probably became aware of the Bitcoin white paper in about 2011, just because yeah. I'm a nerd and a that's engineer. early. That's still early, yeah. 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 And I was like really interested, and I just followed the development. And then between say 2011 and 2016, I watched the whole thing get the arguments that were being made that were driving the development of Bitcoin just didn't make any sense to me. They were going for higher fees as a feature and limiting the data on the chain as a positive. And I just couldn't, I couldn't understand that. So I gave up on it in 2016 until yeah. the pandemic. And then 
discovered that there'd been some developments. I exited a business and had a little money and then the pandemic came. And so I decided to just kind of pop my head up, look around, see what was going on in Bitcoin. And yeah. lo and behold, there Bitcoin Cash existed. Mm. And then I was like, oh, okay, so Bitcoin Cash, this is like more along the lines of what I had in mind. And then I discovered that Bitcoin Satoshi vision existed. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, this is exactly what I envisioned when I read the white yeah. paper. And then I started researching Dr. Wright. And lo and behold, he had been outed. I was vaguely aware he'd been outed by Wired and Gizmodo. But the main thing that got me was watching some of his talks. I, it was It's not the same as having a five-hour conversation, but I watched probably... I don't know, 25 hours worth of his talks that are, exist out there on the internet. Yeah. Uh, and it... I, I came away believing that he was almost certainly Satoshi, and that conviction is only strengthened over time. And here's one of the things I say about Dr. Wright, because I've had friends in the past who were on the autism spectrum, had Asperger's kind of right around that same level where I think he probably is, that he's easy to criticize from a distance. I so much agree. But he's really hard to criticize the deeper, the longer you, you are exposed to him, the more you see the way his mind works, the more you realize this is the kind of person that will invent Bitcoin. So true. That's my journey. And not only that, when you see him, you see it. When you then study the people that really believe in BSB, the real Bitcoins, uh, then suddenly you understand all of these people, they are X factor on all the rest of the people in the different tribes. And I just see that, wow, I never met anything like it. You combine those things, they had different journey towards this, but it's, they're different, but they end up there. And I would say that when you see, look at that tribe, that tribe, you ended up with the smartest people in the world. And for me, it was like, a lot is social psychology. And when everyone hates someone, I always wonder why. And he's a hate person among other tribes. And they're a stakeholder in other instruments like BTC, etc. So they don't want him to be Satoshi. One of my favorite playwrights is An Enemy of the People by Henry Gibson. He's a fellow Norwegian. It was written in 1880. And is the enemy of the people. It's just like an amazing play. And it's all about the compact majority and hold the compact majority is always wrong because they're so, they're, they're so codependent of each other. So to stand out and take a position to say that he is Satoshi or believe in what he has been doing and believing that it, it takes courage yes. to be part of the compact majority. You need no courage. That's the easy part. So anyone that follow him in his big vision, they have courage. And I'm impressed with people with courage because it takes courage when everyone trying to troll you or say this or doing that because there's so much more power behind it. And it's not only individual, it's system, it's organization, etc. But my journey towards this was actually starting looking at all his legal cases. And I drilled down to all aspects of all these legal cases from the inside by starting running it and see it and analyzing it. 
So I got access to every single piece of paper that exists in all these cases. And with some pattern recognition, you understand that how he were played in many of these cases. So I not only believe he's Satoshi, I know he's Satoshi. I'm 100% coincidence Satoshi. I would just so, assume if you could prove to me somehow 100% that he's not Satoshi, I would just have to believe that the reality is not real, that we're living in a dream yeah. or something, because I'm, I'm as sure of that as I am of anything, just a simple heuristic. If you look at them, there are so many lines of evidence and everyone points to the same conclusion. The odds that all of them are wrong is just, it's infinitesimal. Yeah. And he has that perfect character. He's on the spectrum. He's complicated, but he's fascinating and he's a genius. And in my world, it's just like very simple. Jesus never proved that he was God's son, but he did it through miracles. And fact is, I don't need, and I don't even need to think about him as Satoshi. I know he's Satoshi, but it's irrelevant for me because it's all about what he created. And what yeah. is great is it's amazing. That's great. I, I literally wrote a two-part series for Bitcoin Association saying that, yes, Craig Wright is Satoshi, but how much does it matter? And ultimately conclude that it doesn't matter to the fact that Bitcoin as expressed in Bitcoin SV is the only option we really have to do all the things that we totally need agree. done. And we, it's like, I was sitting with a company here the other day, regulated business, super interesting pocket, UK, 750,000 people, more or less, you know, for the unbanked people. And then, you know, you want to move this to, into emerging market, they need to go down to micropayments. You need to be able to deal with all that. And you need to be able to have the transaction volumes to solve all of these things. And you're going to do that. There is only one solution. And that is BSV. And I tell you, when I, so I've been on a journey and I researched all the use cases or relevant use cases that we have from startups on the BSV platform, there's about a thousand cases. And some of them are very small, tiny, very startup to someone much more mature and super interesting. These people, when you sit and meet all of these people and you listen to their journey into the BSV world and they're passionate about the building, I just see each of these can be unicorns out there. Yeah. And they're going to be. There's, there's so many moonshots. There's so yeah. many moonshots here. And this is what I talk about. I actually have been, it's a, I've been disagreeing with Dr. Wright a little bit in that the, so if you apply the theory of constraints to, to Bitcoin adoption, to Bitcoin mass adoption, what is stopping us from getting mass adoption? And the big, the, really the only thing that's stopping us is that we don't have the compelling enough use cases collectively or individually. And so that's the constraint to solve. Transaction fees are cheap enough, honestly, right now. Yeah that we, what we really need is more use cases. One of them's going to hit and it's going to, and the rising tide will lift all boats. And I'm going to tell you, not only that. So what are we doing? And the exciting thing and why I'm here is very simple. I see all these amazing use cases. We going to speed them out to the market because most of them doesn't really have a good go to market strategy. We have an ecosystem where we could actually 
get the hand cash wallet or uh, some of the other wallets just like out there and get it and get use, get them to scale. Yes. Because they've been amazing on technology, but they lacked all the marketing skills. And you can't. Oh, the, there's, okay, so you're right. You're exactly right. So we have a lot of contrarians. It takes yeah. contrarians to change the world. Yeah. Yeah. So it does. But contrarians also have a tendency to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, to say that because they're wrong about this, then they're wrong about everything. And so they don't take yeah. a lot of the things that actually work from legacy business models. And there's a there's like about 20 years now of say product discipline that I think is very is not well implemented in BSV right yeah. now. We've got a lot yeah. of people working hard to build amazing things, but they don't know everything that it takes to get products in the market, find pro product market fit and push this and push it. They just don't I, I tell you, we're gonna change expertise. So we're gonna change all of that. And we're gonna do it a couple of ways. One thing is that within our ecosystem and the wider ecosystem, we're gonna focus on, of course, all the use cases. And you're absolutely right. We need to get them pushed out there into the market and it's super important. And they have cool solutions for different things. Then you have all the enterprise solutions. You have the central bank digital currency solutions. We need to get that deployed. We need to have that up running. And we're going to get the first central bank digital currency op operating because we believe in those government solutions. We don't believe in the crypto. We believe in it backed by the government and building on our technology, which we're going to make happen. And we're going to make happen the enterprise solutions. We're going to take the supply chain solutions that already exist on BSV, and we're going to push it on everything from a watch from Hublot or AP or Rolex, and they're going to follow that the whole way through to the ends. And that would create the secondary market for everything, transparency through the chain. It's like H&M on a blockchain. It means that when they burn up all their clothes or 20% of the clothes, will people accept that? Will public opinion accept that? No, it's not going to happen. And we can do all of that. And we're going to follow all of that. We're going to do it on the NFTs, on the tokenized things. We're going to do it in the metaverse. And we're going to do it with the central bank currency, digital currency. And we're going to make that happen. We're also building product. And we're going to be dedicated. I tell you, I, and this is all about, we are truth. We're all about transparency. And people hate it and complicate it because they don't want to show that they burnt out 20% of all the clothes. But I believe that transparency, people want that. So what are we going to do is that we're going to build those products. It was like I was sitting here in a meeting and I called up our head of Slovenian, Roman. And he told me, yeah, Kristen, you know, in Enchain, we have this responsible gambling. Interesting. Yeah, what, uh, what, so tell me more. And uh, yeah, we have a client there. We really haven't done anything with it, but it's a finished product. And we can make sure that we track everything on the blockchain. So regulation, let's talk to regulation because they would load that and make it mandatory to implement this. The first thing I did was I contacted another business partner of me that runs the CRM system that deals with all the gambling company. Let's just plug this in to your CRM system. And then you modernize your traditional application, even if you're cutting edge in your field, and you go web free, blockchain, and compliance. We are the best tool for all kinds of compliance. 
yes. and we just need it out in the market. We can plug that into any gambling site. And it would be great for regulation, great for people. We feel good. This is social impact. The whole BSD ecosystem, it's all about social impact. I called up a friend of mine doing social impact investment in the traditional world. And he's one of the most successful, brilliant man. Asked him, what do you do on Web3? No, no. Uh, you heard about it. Uh, yes. Blockchain. But everyone, they connected to crypto. It's not about that. So I said, if you're going to be relevant as a social impact fund, you need to have someone dedicated in all your portfolio company to implement these things. So we decided that we're going to, within the end chain group, we're going to establish a private equity firm, totally focused on buying traditional companies that will enhance themselves using our technology and then plug our technology into it and then spin it out to the market again. That's what we're going to say. It's a great strategy. It's a great strategy. We're, you said so many things that I've been saying for a while now, starting all the way back with, we're in the same place we were with the dot-com bubble yeah, exactly. um, right before it collapsed. Everybody knew yeah. there was something here, but didn't know what. So they just threw money at it. And there was a lot of scams to absorb that money. And then it all collapsed. But that's what cleared the way for the actual value to emerge. And remember, and we should never forget, I remember when our infrastructure minister in Sweden said, this is all going to disappear. It's not relevant. Internet is just like something bullshit. Mm -hmm. Just like people talk about blockchain that has no understanding. That's because they haven't dived into it. That's right. What they see, here's what I think. People see that there are a lot of scams and there is a lot of snake oil. It's there true. is a lot of stuff people can't explain and useless things. Trying to capitalize on the hype and the free money, cheap money that's being thrown around. But that's just the phase one of the hype cycle. But you always have that. You always yeah. have that. And this is how the world works. As soon as there's new technology, will people take, trying to take advantage of it and go there and it's, oh, I'm going to sell an ape or a monkey on an NFT and try to get the secondary market. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. And that is just short term. You have to look at the long term thing 100%. of this. And we are in this game for the next thousand years. It's not like 10 years, 20 years. We are long term. And this is like building values step by step. And you, it's not the fast tracking, but you have to be clever in the way you're doing it. And you implement it and you show it by verification, by getting those blue chip company to implement your solution, to get yes. that uh, B2C use case to explode and go out and take the market and conquer the world. That's how we do it. And that's what we're supporting. There was a period of time so my background started in engineering and I just kept laddering up from there as I, my instinct is to go fix the thing that's broke. And so I went around, I was a network engineer. I was a system administrator. I was a, a, a developer. I was a, all the kinds of engineer. And then I realized that it's how they all fit together. And so I started, I started automating all of these interconnections between things. And that was at the start of the DevOps movement. And then I realized that because we're getting so dependent on it, then we need more security in there. So then we got DevSecOps. And you're, this is a regulator's dream, really. A regulator and auditor's it dream. Is. Because you, the less humans have to touch it, the more confident you can be in what it does. And the exact same thing is true now with blockchain. And in fact, 
One of the primary things that was beneficial that I eventually, it took me too long to realize this, one of the primary things that was beneficial about DevOps was that you're driving down your transaction cost. That a deploy of your software is like a transaction. And the more costly that is, the less you're going to do it. And the less you do it, the more things you jumble together to try. The more interconnections, the more variables, the less predictable the result. That the secret to good deploys is to deploy as often as possible. And your transaction cost goes down. You get really good at it. The transaction, architect for it. Like it changes everything. And this is exactly what's happening with blockchain and business right now that we're architecting now, we're going to start, this is good. It's not going to be optional. Companies that survive are using DevOps techniques, even if they're doing it badly. Yeah. It's very soon, it's going to be the same exact situation. Companies that survive are using blockchain, even if they're doing it badly. Yeah, I agree with you. And you know, you're not going to be relevant. And like you said, the social impact fund will not be even exist. Because if they don't work with transparency that you have on the blockchain, you're not going to be relevant because you need that. It will increase if you implement blockchain solutions in your company. And now I'm talking about independent platform. And my take is that most platform doesn't scale. And we are one absolutely the only one that can scale on this level. And MasterCard is dead. There's so many intermediates that's going to disappear. And same with central bank digital currency, you don't even need, if the government decides, you don't even need an account. On that rail, you can have different operators and the bank going to get irrelevant and then got kick all those fees. And I love that because we want efficiency in our system. We yes. want to make sure that we're empowering the people and empowering the people in a way that they are in control, but with transparency. 100%. And this is exactly why people hate it. Because there's yeah. so much cottage industry and rent-seeking middlemen right. that are no longer necessary. They're protecting their yes. business model. Yeah, they're buggy whip makers it. at the advent of the automobile. Yeah, their business is their business model is toast, and they're just they're trying to drag it out, muddy the water. I think we're going to find and out. Doing lobbying, but they're doing lobbying. They're doing propaganda. They get people, engineer people to do this that. It's part of the hurdle when you are in the forefront. That's it. And you've been in the forefront for a long time. It's, that's the hurdles. Yes, 100%. It's 100% true that it's just you have to batten down the hatches and settle in for the long game because all of these folks are going to burn themselves out. You can't defeat the future. You can't defeat you can't. the laws of physics. You can't that's why I know we're going to be economics. Fundamental economics still applies. Yeah. And it ha- it will win in the end. It's just a matter yeah. of how much of a splash people make when they hit the when they hit the water when their when their carcass falls. That's the only question. And you yeah. can be like you don't have to be a carcass falling. You can adapt to the new world. But they're so stuck yeah. uh, in these old mindsets that I think mm-hmm. we're going to see the world is going to be a very different place in five years. Well, so you can be he- it can be over your dead body or you can be one of the ones leading the way. It's really up to us. A blockchain year is my world free month. And that's why it goes extremely fast now. And the first one that comes in into this industry is the smart tech people. And then you see the investment banker is snipping on it because they can calculate and mm-hmm. see what they can gain out of it. And some of them will be trying to play the system. And only that people moving into this industry, they actually are the management consultant, the top management consultant, that actually see that the blue chip CEOs have no clue. You go up to a bank, what is this? 
they don't even know. And they don't have take the time and they don't have the curiosity. For innovation, you need curiosity. Yes. You need to research. You need to dive into things. Yes. And that's how uh, I ended up there. Uh, that's, uh, and I, BSV, up to this point, has been a magnet for yeah. people who look below the surface. For people who, contrary thinkers who understand that if the consensus can change, then it has to always be wrong somewhere. Yeah. And, and real profit for you is to figure out where is the consensus wrong. Yeah. Because then you can get ahead of the curve. So a magnet for people who think like that, that's what BSV has been. But for it, the thing that I think people are really missing here is that disruption always starts at the bottom of the market, at the low end of the market, yeah. with the customers that nobody else wants. When you yeah. can, as uh, Milton Friedman said, the aristocracy could always afford silk stockings. What the Industrial yeah. Revolution did is make it affordable for everybody else. And so we're going to take all of these mechanisms that have been available to first world, to the affluent, and we're going to drive the efficiency so high, the cost will be so low that all this is going to be available to people making a dollar a day or $3 a day or $5 a day. And yeah. think about all of the trillions of dollars of value that will be unlocked when these yeah. people get access to global markets. It's like there's 2 billion unbanked people in the world. And in principle, there's 4 billion that is in principle unbanked. And we're talking massive markets. And I'm a big fan of, I believe we, we are into world geopolitics that is complicated and the world is moving away where we're going to see riots all over in Europe, I believe. I believe that people are going to fight for the electricity bill. They're going to fight for their food because they can't afford it. And we have all these banks milking them for whatever they have. And I want to actually do a couple of things. We're working with loyalty programs where we actually get out the best offer we can ne negotiate on behalf of all these people and make it into transaction that is very cheap, included making sure that we are empowered to negotiate for millions of people to make their life better. And that is the PV in merchant market. If it's really, even in Europe, it's the same thing. We're all fighting. This is, and we need to be real. We need to be down to earth. We need to have our foot on the ground and not be arrogant. I want to fight for those people and make solution when they are, have a better life by taking away all the bullshit. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But you've got the, the it's the rent seeking middle players that they're not going without a fight. It's going to be, it's, it'll be a slog. It'll be a slog. I'm down for it. I'm down for it. I'm a warrior. I tell you, I take on and I'm not scared. And it's those I'm Norwegian jeans. Those Norwegian jeans. Uh, I, I got them in my background too. I love, I love your beer because it's really Viking beer. This is like what we have, the Viking beer. Yeah, and I got this Norwegian gut thing happening here yeah. with the, the, the protect me when I jump off the boat in the icy water to go pillage or whatever <laughs> we Vikings are going to do, swing the axe around. Yeah. But yeah, so I really do feel like some of us were born for this. Some but of us were just born to get to, to fight our way through this. And that's life. Life is so much more interesting. If you believe in something, go out there and fight for it and fight for people and be proud of what we're doing. You know what? I'm so proud of being part of this tribe and be part of this ecosystem. And when I see, and you know what? When I started 
just analyzing it, I haven't met all these people. When I don't meet all these people, I get mind blown every single day. I have 12 meetings a day. I'm meeting the most talented people with ambitious drive, energy, all of it. And they've been suppressed by the system. I'm going to unlock all of that and make it happen. I'm, I'm down for that mission. That's my mission too. I'm trying to connect with as much of the BSV ecosystem as I can so that I can help them where they're lacking because I got a lot of skills from my experience building startups in other places. That. I see. I'm ready. I'm down. Like you got me all hyped up now. I'm ready. I'm ready. Give me my ax. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's the boat? go. We're going we're gonna to do this. <laughs> we're going to make this. And that's what it is. I absolutely love when no, people don't get it, but those people and everyone in this community, they deserve it. Because when you hold on and believe, and you know it's right. And I know that I don't need that bank. I want those microtransactions happen and efficiency in those transactions. And Craig always talked about, we're going to do Goldman solution, this BTC bullshit and all the crypto bullshit. And I love the fact, this is our time now. FTX goes down, just wait for the next exchange. We don't need exchanges. Exactly right. I've always said this. You shouldn't need an exchange to make use no. of Bitcoin. You shouldn't use, you shouldn't need it. No. And that's the point. I'm happy that this is actually happening now. And I hope it cleans up the industry. So the real value of this industry, which is a true disruptor for better result for anyone and any stakeholder in this world. And normal people, everyone fighting for their day-to-day -day life, they will have a better life with this. Yeah, 100%. And the thing, that it, the thing that has been alarming, maybe is the right word to me, is that yeah. there's a lot of solutions out there that are half measures, that yeah. have some of the properties that are necessary to build what we want to build. And the best technology doesn't always win. Betamax oh, was true. better technology than VHS. It uh, is very true. The PC was not better than the Apple. The technology... We're not the best technology. So the best technology doesn't always win. And that's always been the thing that's worried me a little bit is that one of these half measure chains, because people, again, people don't look deeply. They don't see the connections between things. So they can't really see the interconnected set of incentive structures that is the real genius of BSV, of Bitcoin, is proof of work combined with the competitive aspect, the the limit on coin issuance, the subsidy that dwindles so that then eventually you have to make it on transaction volume. Like all of these things, these incentive structures, they all have to be there or you're getting something that's not as viable long-term. So the way we will do that is very simple. And that's why we are working on the private equity arm because it means that we will take well-known use cases out there that is on Web2 and plug in our technology and show that is value enhancing that company. And that's how you, so the way private equity does it today, if you are a KKR, what do you do? You engage McKinsey. They help you work out the model and how you're going to restructure or rebuild that company or change the business model. And then they spit it out to the market again after a number of years. We're going to do that with technology. We're going to leverage that because we are 
here. And I was there disrupted when we took all the verticals, like banking and every single vertical in the old days on Web1. And that was a disrupting. No, I think this is much bigger than the step into internet, actually. Yes. That's a next generation internet. And remember, we part of IPv6, we part of all of this. There's a reason. Everyone knows what we're doing. But there is some haters out there because they're stakeholders in something else. And we need to deal with that. But that is having the skill to go out there and get the most interesting company onboarded onto this. And that's going to happen. We're going to get some, see some household names in this, and that's going to be spectacular. So are you familiar with, I'll just give you a quick pointer here. If you're familiar with Certahash and Smart Ledger, they're actually, they've been working with a team from IBM. They're close yeah. to piloting a security a solution that IBM is kind of foot one foot in, one foot out, trying yeah. to, I think they're just waiting to see what it is, but they could certainly use a little bit of help to, to push that thing through. They've got a, it's a, it's the right model, but there's, it, they need a few, some additional resources. So that's definitely a quick pointer for you on that one. But yes, yeah, there's in my time here in since 2020, when I found myself falling into the BSV ecosystem, I have had so many, I think, important realizations about how the world is going to change as long as they don't succeed in completely destroying Bitcoin, which they've come a little kind of close. It's closer. It's a little bit closer for, than I'm comfortable with. I don't think you can actually push it over the edge and do it. And the real secret here is having one, th one thing that gets enterprise money coming in that you yep. can then fund the, a lot of the mass market consumer solutions. And you can, you can have money to dedicate to customer acquisition because nobody does. One of the big problems is there's no, there's not enough money in the ecosystem. So you can't do things like customer acquisition properly. And then once somebody gets a million users yeah. that are, that have been hooked enough to sign up for a, a wallet like Handcash yeah. and put some money in it, it's all downhill from there. It's really the race to a million. So, so put it this way, I had a meeting with Handcash the other day and uh, we have a number of millions of users in our ecosystem on e-commerce, et cetera, et cetera. And we know looking at integrating that in because that's a go-to-market strategy. Mm -hmm. It means that suddenly hand cash can go from $100,000 to $500,000 like this, or even 1 million, if we force people to use this as a payment solution for certain things. So I want to have that deployment and we're working on solutions and we're working with other wallets too, where we see which one that fits the best, but we're going to, so we're creating, you know, a marketplace for all the best use cases in BSV. And we are pushing that out. It will be Italy, it will be France, it will be UK, it will be Scandinavian. And we'll find other ways and other channels because we buy in different types of communities. But this is what no one had a strategy in how to actually go to market with these solutions. Yeah. And, and part of the big problem is that you, there are several ways to solve that problem from everything from organic growth to just buying users. Yeah, um, but that's why. If you have the databases and you have them already and you yes. do custom acquisitions for the biggest brands, which we do in the world. It's huge. Yeah. That's why suddenly you just get everyone educated into it. 
you mentioned Bitcoin Academy and, and uh, some of these things. It's like, I'm going to educate those people and get them passionate about this world. And we need to join up with universities, educate people at an early stage, and even in the university environment. And we haven't done very much there. I'm just I actually taking on board someone from the Algorand community now, a super smart Chinese girl that now is totally loaded. And coming from that world, and suddenly she's, she also, everyone has a journey towards this. I also had a journey through Algorand, but I saw the light when I saw this. It's, there's interim steps along the way, right? I, was, I looked into Bitcoin Cash really deeply yeah. when I started coming back into to, to Bitcoin, and it took me a while to realize this isn't quite, this isn't quite right. They've already done some, they've already monkeyed with the protocol and yeah. the signatures yeah. in ways that I don't like. We all take our interim steps, but as long as we get there, it's all good. And that's why it's so important that you have an organization, which is Bitcoin Association, where you have someone guardian the protocol. Yeah, 100%. You, if you don't have someone that guardian the protocol properly, it's like anything can happen. Yeah, it cannot be decentralized. No, it can't. If there's not an organization responsible that's separate from developers, that's separate from users, that's separate from that, even the inventor. That, yeah, correct. That is the key. And that's why we have that guardian, all that protocol, and it's never, and this is, this is the DNA of Craig. He just, that's the centralized part. The rest is decentralized, but this needs to be centralized. Yeah. And that's why he's like, always talk about the fiduciary duty of operating a protocol. That's it. It's separation of concerns, which is yeah. a fairly basic concept that if you're both the developer and a holder, and yeah. the gatekeeper right. of the protocol, this is a toxic mix. It is. I totally agree. Yeah, I understand why everything is the way it is, and I'm in favor of it. I've, I'm, out, I'm battling those BTC maxis, trying to get the word out. Now, I have a little bit of a different, I don't have a traditional crypto audience. I have a lot of people who are crypto curious, you might say, because I come from an IT background. I have some notoriety in IT, and I'm... My goal, my entire goal here is to preemptively red pill people so that they don't go down, they don't have to, to, short, to shorten their path to get to what's real and valuable here. Yeah. And I, this will help. The way you've explained things in a way, you've explained a lot of the same things in a different way that I think will help people continue to see it, continue to wake up to it. Really appreciative of that. I want to be respectful of your time. We've, it's about... 550 here, which means what 1050 for you. You must have had a long day. 12 minutes. I'm finished. My normally, I my latest meeting is between two and three every morning. Oh my goodness. I never uh, go home before four. It, oh my goodness. You must be one of those very special people that can go on very little sleep. I'm uh, so I, jealous I, of that. They don't. The best time of the day is this time. I can sit, I can think, I can. And it's so important. And one advice and takeaway I want to give to you audience and what I always try to do is that always try to use an hour on just zoom out of your life. Because abilities is 
to do whatever you do is all about having perspective. So zoom out, be in that vibe and be there when you are there, but then have retrospective and actually go out, zoom out and observe. My father was in nuclear physics and he teached me these things that you have to love every single detail. Every atom has a meaning, but it's only when you know how to combine them, you can make an impact. 100% true. 100% true. Everything is about the connections. The two things that have always been super important to me is to understand the connections between things. If you're familiar with the Book of Ten Rings, which is a book of Japanese yeah, philosophy, yeah. one of the things in there that I think somehow became my one of my touchstones is that to know one thing deeply is to know 10,000. Because if, say, for instance, I want to know the history of one blade of grass. Yeah then I, if I want to really understand why this one blade of grass is the way it is, there's a whole lot of other things I have to understand. True. And it's about those connections. What is the history of this place? How does chlorophyll, how does photogenesis but, but to work? To have that, you need curiosity. You really do. And most people don't have that curiosity. I divide the population. I call it, I wrote the book 25 years ago. And one of my chapters is called the Fifth Avenue Tourist Syndrome. And that's the way I look at the world. And the book is called The Jellyfish Society. And I divide people into two groups. You either are a tourist in your life or you're a native in your life. What is the difference when you arrive in New York at Fifth Avenue? A tourist stands still, end up buying fakes. A native, he starts walking. He doesn't know exactly where he's going to end. But just the fact that he's in movement, he will attract and create situation where you create opportunity, you start talking to people, you do this. You are not a victim of others. You create your opportunities. But if you stand still, someone will see your, your, you know, uh, your weakness and take advantage of that. Yes, and that's what life is all about. You have to move and fearlessly move in direction where you are a believer, but never stand still. And that's why it's so important to whatever it is, move. And move on. Don't look back because we all have our past. Move on and make something out of your life yeah. by stepping up. And then the other real touchstone for me, it, besides the fact that everything is connected, is that history, I forget who said this originally, but history doesn't repeat, but it sure does rhyme. Yeah. The same things happen over and we learn yeah. lessons in as societies and then we forget them again. And then we have to relearn them. And if you understand what, if you understand the, tr how the trends grow and change and the things that drive them, then you can predict the future. And if you can predict the future, you're in a position to profit from it. Oh, you are. And this is all about what I call pattern recognition. Uh, the biggest ability you could ever have, that's why I believe in cross skill set. So if you're good in social behavior or psychology or in computer science, mixed with finance, mixed with the legal skills, suddenly you cross skills and all of that. Of course, you outfit any lawyer, you outfit most people because you understand how to connect. Yeah. hundred percent. And you create pattern recognition out of that. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So real quick, I think we've got about five minutes left. So what's your top five things you want to do right away? Oh, the first thing we're doing is very simple. I want to make sure that we decide what type of product we're going to build within our own organization. We created already a venture business within the group. 
So we are now investing actually in use cases and we're going to scale them up. So we're going to make sure that we are making some of these use cases, like you said, a great success in the market. So people see them instead of being these small use cases, we're going to make them big and we're going to facilitate and make that happen. And we are already on that journey. I talked to 50 use cases already within the ecosystem. I've been with Bitcoin Association. I've been with you now all the smart people we have in and our developers and the team and what we have there. But this organization is there because we were foresight to actually build some pretty unique technology. And we did patent filings and all that. Now it's time to go to the market. It's time to do those use cases. So my focus is really generating sales revenue with those blue chip companies and partnership with different type of consultancy group to be more and verify us as a solution for those companies. Wow. Okay. All right. I guess we'll wrap it up with that. Really appreciate your time. You've left me feeling inspired and hopeful that some of the uh, some of the issues that we've had that have been holding us back will may soon be on their way to being rectified and we'll be on our way to mass adoption of coin which will make the world a better place. I tell you I'm going to work 24/7 to create that mass adoption and I'm so passionate. You, I feel it. I feel it. I'm just like in nuclear. So my father was in nuclear physics and he took me to the nuclear plant quite often. And I felt that I was somehow dropped into that. And I was energized by that. And I've always been like this. But the passion I have for this and the people and the great, amazing people I see, and I see the struggle with certain things, certain credibility issues, or whether you're going to raise capital from external funding or competitors that doesn't really understand this. We're going to be there, fight for them, and make it happen. And that's my promise to the whole community, to every use case out there. We're going to make it easier for you. Those, that's going to be music to a lot of people's ears. But also, because of their own pattern recognition, they're going to be skeptical a little bit at first. Because we've been living on Sunium and Hopium for a little while now. But, but I, I think I, I this to, is the moment. I, I, we're right at the crux. This is the moment. I want to comment a little bit on that. The way I divide life when it comes to this is you have believers, you have disbelievers. Believers are either extremely smart or very dumb. You have the believers that just, they didn't really reach, they didn't do anything to understand it, but they still believe because, and then those are the people that buy the stocks and the crypto without asking myself a question, why? So every time I'm in a taxi, I'll ask the taxi driver, have you bought stocks? Have you bought crypto? And then I'll ask them, next question is, why? And I heard about it. So do you know anything about the company? Do you know the profit? They're multiple. Do you know anything about that crypto? Do you know anything about the underlying technology? No, no. This is what creates the market. Because, and even after COVID, there's so many people, the retail investors, that have no clue. And they didn't want to miss out on something. A lot of that is cleaned up. No, it's all about reality. It's all about real things. It's all about utility. And that's the business we are in. I could not have said that better myself. I'm really appreciative 
of hearing you say that. And that's this. It's I think it's what we're all waiting for, the ability to push this thing forward into reality because it is reality. What we can and do it, is real. Put it this way: I know that we are sitting on a potential multi-trillion-dollar ecosystem. It means that every stakeholder in this ecosystem will benefit out of that. And it's not about the money. That's money could be about verification that wow, this was what it is and what it deserves to be. We're going to beat all of this. And my commitment is to turn this ecosystem into the fastest growing ecosystem and the first ecosystem to reach a trillion dollar six years faster than Facebook, which was the fastest on earth. And that's what's going to happen. I believe it's possible. It's certainly possible. It's within our And if you don't think it, it will never happen. If you think it, it may happen. I agree with you. It's weird. It's certainly within our reach. It's certainly within our reach. It is. And then you have to make sure that we get all energy within our ecosystem to go together and fight that battle together. Just and like that's one. another thing I felt like we've been missing is like a product manager. I've always felt like an in-chain product owner. We changed that. I tell you, I, then I want to say that yesterday we appointed Christine Leon as the new head of uh, product too. And she's absolutely brilliant. Okay. Awesome. I needed. Let me connect with her immediately because yeah. uh, I got feedback. Amazing. I was sitting in a meeting with her yesterday and we had this CRM system plugging in this. She's been there for two months. She's structured and she's brilliant. And she's one of the future in this organization and she will lead that product department and all the rest it does brilliantly into success. Brilliant. I love it. I love it. It's one of the big thing that somebody to wrangle these cats to get to get feedback to in chain basically from the community to help guide the development of where to prioritize and to help keep the community aligned we're going to prioritize that much more than we've done before and that's why i want to be available because i know how important it is to actually communicate to our wider group or bsb ecosystem and you doing an amazing job doing that and thank you for that. This is exactly what we need. I agree 100%. I love, look, I love Dr. Wright. I'm a fan of his mind and how, he's, how he works. But the great thing about him is that he doesn't care. He's not trying to please anybody. But it's also, it's just hand and ammo over. The whole Satoshi, I'm, if you're not convinced, I don't have time to convince you. So that works when you're, that works for what it worked for building out the original white paper, but somebody's got to herd these cats, right? He's the shepherd of the technical vision, but somebody's got to herd all these cats in the same direction. And that is a, to me, that's a deeper puzzle and a more interesting challenge. But it is, but you know what? I, first of all, I have a great relationship with Dr. Craig Wright and I feel him and see him as a friend. And I'm very impressed uh, about it. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. And I feel that I have his trust in what I'm doing. I'm not scared of speaking my mind. No one is perfect. I'm not perfect. It's all about trading you know, the right yeah. team to make it happen. It, and, and trust. Know, and trust. And we all have flaws and we all have things that is not perfect. But it's, I don't give a shit about all those flaws. You know what I want to focus on? The 80% that your DNA that is amazing yes. and move on that and get 100%. someone else to deal with the 
Yes, 100%. Let's let everybody do the thing that they're best at. And It's and so easy because in you and Jealousy, people are always nagging on what you're bad at instead yes. of actually focusing on what you're good at. That's 100% true. That was a big turning point for me in my life is to realize that in, I'll get more bang for my buck generally from doubling down on my strengths than trying to shore up my weaknesses. 100%. Always right. Because there's always other people that can do that. Yeah. So that's be yourself, be a character. That's what I do. I, it doesn't really matter. You can have the best. I went to state school, which we have in Norway. That's all it is. Here, everyone goes to private school in London. Seriously, either you have it or you don't have it. It's very much hardwired DNA. And if it's hardwired DNA, you can enhance yourself by connecting with people and like-minded that you can develop with. Be inspired by others. Aggregate the wisdom of others and make it your own wisdom. Yes, 100%. You see the farthest when you stand on the shoulders of others. And if they're giants, then you're in good shape. Precisely. All right. I, I think you're speaking to my friend. I, it was a, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much. I'm leaving full of good vibes for what the future holds for us. And I'm deeply appreciative of your time. We're going to all sign off for us now. Go ahead. And anytime you want me having a chat, anytime. I I think we got even more stuff to talk about besides just on the podcast too. Yeah. Uh, Please, anytime. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I know you probably have to run and get to something else, so I'll let you go. But uh, I'll definitely try to get some time on your diary to talk about some yep. other things. And uh, very thankful for your time. So for the Building Blocks podcast, I'm your host. Greg Bledsoe signing off. Thank you. And